the Ulster Economic Podcast. The podcast that keeps you up to date with what is happening economy-wise in Northern Ireland. Telling you what you need to know, but not necessarily what you want to hear. It is better to be prepared for the economic environment we're operating in and not the world we would like to be in. Episode 6, The Wonder Years. March saw the end of another historic Rugby Six Nations. Scotland may not have won, but they certainly rolled back the years by beating England at Twickenham for the first time since 1983 and defeating France in Paris for the first time since 1999. Following the deepest recession in 300 years, March also saw Rishi Sunak roll back the years with his second budget, albeit his 15th fiscal event in the space of a year. The latest instalment, dubbed Spend Now, Tax Later, with an additional $37.5 billion of spending, largely for the financial year beginning next month. By any historical comparisons outside of a pandemic, this is a huge amount of public spending, and it takes the evolving cost of the UK's COVID-19 policy response to a whopping $344 billion. As a result, public spending as a share of UK GDP has surged to over 54% for 2020-21. That's its highest level since 1946 and has only ever been exceeded during World War II. The Office for Budget Responsibility forecasts spending will fall back below 42% by 2025. Outside of the global financial crisis, this will represent the highest public spending as a share of national income since 1984-85. The increase in public spending necessitates a surge in borrowing and borrowing both in the current financial year that of 355 billion and next year 234 billion will exceed the peak borrowing during the global financial crisis as a result the uk is borrowing more than at any time since world war 2 alongside more spending the chancellor has embarked on a fiscal stimulus in the short term too most of this is due to the so-called super deduction a huge incentive for business investment over the next 2 years After that, there is a big swing away from tax cuts to tax rises. Indeed, Sunak's latest budget represented the biggest tax-raising budget since Norman Lamont's last spring budget in 1993, and it is of a similar magnitude. Two policy measures stand out, the four-year freeze in the income tax threshold, including the higher rate, and the planned corporation tax increase from 19% to 25% by 2023. This marks the first increase in the corporation tax rate since Dennis Healy back in 1974. Overall, the UK's tax burden as a share of its national income is projected to reach 35% by 2025-26, and this will be the highest sustained UK tax burden since 1950. So what? We have significantly higher levels of tax and public spending, but could they be even higher? Absolutely. There is a broad consensus amongst the economists that some of the key assumptions surrounding the Chancellor's budget aren't plausible. Delivering the planned public spending cuts from April 2022 and not spending additional money on health and education following COVID-19 is unrealistic. We are therefore likely to require even more spending and higher taxation to pay for it. In order to change this outlook, the key fiscal game changer is economic growth. The Office for Budget Responsibility forecast economic growth of 4% in 2021 
accelerating to a post-World War II high of 7.3% next year. But since this forecast was made, the incoming UK economic data, such as the March UK PMIs, has pointed to an even stronger recovery. Indeed, according to the Bank of England's chief economist Andy Haldane, a rip-roaring recovery is possible. That is just what the public finances need. Let's turn to the latest incoming economic data for Northern Ireland. As far as economic output is concerned, 2020 has been a year of extremes. Record rates of decline in Q2, followed by record rates of expansion in the third quarter. Lockdown restrictions have had the effect of turning economic activity off and on. However, as a pandemic has progressed, subsequent lockdowns have been less severe on economic activity relative to the first lockdown. Many businesses have been able to adapt and function throughout lockdowns or pivot into new markets. The trajectory of economic output has largely followed that of a bungee jump. The initial fall and rebound will be the most extreme, but subsequent declines and rebounds should moderate. Not surprisingly, the latest industrial production and index of services, which is private sector only, from NISRA revealed further declines in output in the fourth quarter of 2020. Looking at services, following the record rates of decline and expansion in, in the second and third quarter, Northern Ireland's private se- sector services saw output fall by 5% quarter-on-quarter in Q4 2020. That represented the second steepest quarterly decline on record. As a result, 2020's contraction of 9.4% was more than twice that of 2009's previous record decline. Following the latest fall, Northern Ireland's services sector has recouped just two-thirds of the decrease in output following the pandemic. Service sector activity remains 6.6% below the pre-pandemic level of Q4 2019, but it's over 10% below the peak in services output, which occurred in Q2 2019. During the first lockdown, all four of the services subsectors saw output fall in, in the second quarter. However, this time around, both business services and finance and transport storage, information and communication, the latter including ICT, posted their second successive quarters of growth. Business services and finance can largely operate via working from home. Similarly, ICT has been largely unaffected by the pandemic and logistics benefited from online sales and the build-up of stockpiles ahead of the UK leaving the EU at the end of December 2020. But once again, those service sectors most exposed to social distancing and the lockdown restrictions have been the most adversely affected. With the hospitality hospitality and non-essential retail sectors closed, it's not surprising to see output or sales within wholesale and retail trade, food and accommodation, down by almost 8% quarter on quarter. That represents the second largest quarterly decline on record following the record slump in the second quarter last year. Sales activity remains 8.3% below the Q2 2019 pre-pandemic high. Meanwhile, other services, which includes arts, entertainment, recreation, beauty salons, hairdressers, gyms, dentists, etc., it saw output fall by 5.2% quarter-on-quarter following the third quarter's record-breaking rise of 42%. Activity within this other services sector in Q4 2020 was still almost one-fifth below its pre-pandemic level one year earlier. Looking at 2020 overall for the service sector, the year saw record declines for three of the four service sectors. Business services and finance was the only exception, 
following its record decline, being at the front line of the global financial crisis and property crash in 2009. Other services fell by 23%, followed by business services and finance at over 11%. Both wholesale and retail trade, food and accommodation, and the transport, storage, information and communication sectors both saw turnover fall by 7.5% in 2020. Northern Ireland's industrial sectors have fared much better than their service counterparts, with the quarterly declines in industrial production and manufacturing output down just 0.3% and 0.6% quarter-on-quarter in Q4 last year. It should be remembered that Northern Ireland manufacturers recouped almost all of their post-pandemic slump in output in a single quarter, that is the third quarter, and six of Northern Ireland's 10 manufacturing subsectors posted quarterly growth in Q4. Well, 2020 saw services output or turnover fall by over twice that in 2009. Last year was only half as bad as 2009 for manufacturing output. The 6.3% year-on-year decline in 2020 for manufacturing output was even below that of 2017, which followed the closure of the JTI and Michelin plants. But the manufacturing headlines overall conceal some significant variation in performance. For example, engineering output fell by 20% last year, while chemicals and pharmaceutical output rose by a similar margin. Within engineering, transport equipment, think of Wrightbus and aerospace, output fell by a record 34% last year. While last year was a year to forget for most sectors in Northern Ireland, such as transport equipment, some fared better than others. Taking 2020 as a whole, four local manufacturing subsectors managed to secure higher levels of output relative to 2019. These were chemical and pharmaceutical products, think of Almac, uh, Randox and Norbrook, with a 21% rise and a record high. Textiles and textile products also hit a series high, up 12% year on year. Rubber, plastics and non-metallic mineral products, up almost 3% year on year and food, beverage, and tobacco products was up marginally year-on-year too. The first three of these all benefited from COVID-19, either through testing, medication, or the manufacture of PPE and social distancing-related equipment, such as signage and plastic screens. From Q4 to Q1, the Northern Ireland PMI has pointed to further significant contraction in output and new orders in February, with the PMI readings of 40.2 and 41.5 respectively. The contraction remains broad-based across all four sectors, that's retail, services, manufacturing and construction. Indeed, Northern Ireland found itself at the wrong ends of the UK regional PMI league tables in February, with local firms posting the fastest rates of decline in output orders and employment amongst the 12 UK regions. Meanwhile, Northern Ireland's private sector recorded the steepest rates of input cost inflation, and raised their prices by more than anywhere else within the UK. Rising material, shipping and Brexit-related costs saw firms report the sharpest rise in input costs since July 2008. As a result, firms have raised the prices of their goods and services at a record rate. The one real positive in the latest Ulster Bank PMI for February is that local businesses are more optimistic about business activity in 12 months' time than they have been since the pandemic began. Turning to the labour market, the latest labour market figures for Northern Ireland demonstrate that the pandemic has not had the impact on the employment and unemployment figures that would reasonably have been expected. 
And the fact that we're now talking about vaccination queues rather than dole queues says much about the things that government has got right since the coronavirus entered our lives. Unprecedented employment support, such as the furlough scheme, has clearly stopped unemployment from surging. Yes, there was a record rate of redundancies last year, but nothing like the scale you would have expected with a downturn of the magnitude of which we have seen. The unemployment rate in the three months to January 2021 is just 3.7%, up 1.3 percentage points on a year ago, but that is still less than half of what the peak was, 8.3% during the last recession. The current unemployment rate is the second lowest of all the UK regions and compares with 5% for the UK. While the headline unemployment rate receives the most attention, it is the least useful at getting a handle on what is going on in the local labour market. Employment and economic inactivity rates speak louder than the unemployment rates. A year ago, Northern Ireland had the lowest employment rate and the highest economic inactivity rates. Over the year to the three-month period, November to January 2021, Northern Ireland has seen the second largest fall in its employment rate amongst UK regions and the largest annual increase in the inactivity rate. The employment rate is at a three-year low of 69.3%, while the economic inactivity rate at 28% is approaching a three-year high. Meanwhile, looking at the number of individuals working in some form or another, that has fallen by 33,000, or 3.8%, over the last year. But the headline rates of unemployment and employment only tell us the overall picture When we look beneath the headline numbers, there are huge variations in experiences and many nuances that are worth exploring. In a recession, we are not all in this together. In the labour market, the younger generation has been once again hit hardest and the different sectors have fared differently too. In Northern Ireland, the public sector employment hit a six-year high in the fourth quarter of 2020, while the private sector lost over 10,000 jobs in the last three quarters. To date, the scale of the job losses are nowhere near the magnitude of the last recession. That's true for the private sector, manufacturing, construction, but it is not true for the self-employed or service sectors. In Q4 2020, employees within the service sector saw employment fall by 1.6% year-on-year, while the self-employed saw a 20% year-on-year decline. These are the biggest annual falls to date. Within services, the wholesale and retail and hospitality sectors, they posted record declines in employment, and that is before you consider that half of the 106,500 furloughed jobs are within these sectors too. Similarly, looking at the other service category, remember that's the likes of hairdressers, beauty treatment, etc. They saw employment fall by almost 6% year on year, and administrative and support service activities saw a 10% decline in employment. These declines have helped propel the service sector to a record decline in job losses, but only just. Continued growth and record employment levels in other service sectors, such as information and communication, or ICT, and transport and storage, has offset some of these declines. The best indicator of employee numbers is the HMRC PAYE data. This highlights the actual number of employees on local payrolls. Having peaked at just under 754,000 in March, Employment fell by 14,700, or 1.9%, by August. Since then, however, almost half of these losses, that's some 6,900 jobs, have been clawed back, with eight successive months of employment growth, up to and including February of this year. Using this measure, Northern Ireland has witnessed the smallest annual fall in employee numbers amongst all of the UK regions. But that regional outperformance is absent when looking at self-employment, 
with Northern Ireland recording the steepest decline amongst the UK regions over the last year. The self-employed have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic in the labour market, with 7 out of the 10 job losses since this time last year have been amongst self-employed people. And the number of self-employed has fallen by one-fifth in just 12 months, a record decline. Part of this will have been people switching from self-employment to employment, both in real terms and also technical terms, as people sought to redesignate themselves for employment support purposes. However, overall, it has still not been a good year to be self-employed. 2020 saw a record number of redundancies proposed in Northern Ireland, some of which were confirmed in January, 400 redundancies, and February, a further 420. Encouragingly, there have been no new redundancies proposed so far in 2021, but signs of a deterioration are evident in elsewhere. February saw the fifth biggest monthly rise in the claimant count of all time. The 2,200 increase in uh, February ended the eight months of falling unemployment-related benefit claimant numbers, and that was a cumulative fall of around 7,500. Rather than uh, unemployment per se, this may be linked to the renewed lockdowns and an increase in the number of furloughed staff. As of the 28th of February, one in seven or 106,500 jobs were furloughed, and the reduction in pay to 80% of earnings may have pushed more low-income individuals over the threshold requiring universal credit income support. It's not just unemployment that feeds into the claimant count, but it's also those people on low incomes. Turning to new car sales, last month's annual rate of decline in new car sales, a fall of 25% in Northern Ireland, more than halved relative to January's fall of 54%, but it was still sizable nonetheless. The weakest January on record has been followed by the worst February on record, and the dismal figures conceal a K-shaped green recovery. The phasing out of new petrol and diesel cars by 2030 is seeing customers shun the biggest segment of the market. Sales of petrol and diesel cars in the UK market fell by almost 45% and 61% respectively. Meanwhile, the market share of environmentally friendly vehicles has more than doubled to 13%, with sales of battery electric vehicles surging by 49% year on year. Despite this green surge, the UK still posted its lowest February sales figures since 1959, when the iconic Mini was born. Turning to the property market, the local residential property market continues to bubble away with last year's Q2 lockdown slump a distant memory. The fourth quarter 2020 marked the best quarter for residential property transactions since Q2 2007, which was when Northern Ireland's housing boom was in full flow. That trend has continued in the first quarter of 2021. January and February have both recorded the highest sales for their respective months since 2007. And last month's 2,540 residential transactions marked an increase of 26% on February 2020's figure. Despite five consecutive months of outperformance as far as residential transactions are concerned, sales for the last 12 months to February 2021 are still down 14%. That equates to almost 3,800 fewer transactions relative to the previous year. The near-term outlook is for this sales outperformance to continue, at least for the next few months. The RICS and Ulster Bank Residential Market Survey revealed a rise in sales and an increase in the number of properties coming on the market, with February's rise the sharpest since last July's easing of restrictions. Local surveyors remain confident that sales and prices look set to rise in the coming months. 
As expected, the temporary stamp duty land tax has been extended from the end of March until the end of June and on a reduced basis until the end of September. However, the impact of this on boosting demand in Northern Ireland is viewed as marginal. Of more significance was the extension of furlough schemes coupled with a guarantee of 95% mortgages that appears to have immunised the market against price falls. Back in November, the UK's Office for Budget Responsibility had pencilled in price falls in both 2021 and 2022. Now it expects a 5% rise in uh, residential property prices this year with a modest fall of less than 2% next year. Northern Ireland could well see something similar. Looking at the non-residential market, its recovery has been less vigorous than its residential counterpart. 2020 marked the weakest sales figures for seven years, with transactions down almost one quarter. January 2021 was the weakest January in six years, but activity has rebounded last month, with sales increasing 29% year-on-year and marking the best February in 13 years. Nevertheless, non-residential sales, which view as commercial property or industrial property, Sales are during the 12 months to February 2021 are still down by more than one-fifth relative to the previous 12-month period. So looking to the month ahead in April, we've got the Composite Economic Index for Northern Ireland, which is a proxy for GDP, the nearest thing Northern Ireland has to a quarterly GDP measure. Given the sizable contractions that we've seen uh, already with the likes of services and uh, to a lesser degree with manufacturing, we'll expect to see a significant contraction in the composite index in in the fourth quarter. We also get the construction data for Q4, and the index of construction could be the only index posting quarterly growth in the fourth quarter. Attention will also focus on the latest surveys for the first quarter and for March. The March PMI is likely to see the pace of decline ease relative to the steep contractions we've seen in already in January and February. We've also got the uh, Northern Ireland Chamber of Commerce and BDO Q1 quarterly economic survey, for which is worth watching too. The monthly residential property transactions data for March are likely to continue the theme of best March since 2007. And given what some commentators have described as a mania in the Dublin residential property market, with prices surging reminiscent of the mid-2000s, some leading economists have called for a buyer's strike. So will local estate agents see more disgruntled first-time buyers, perhaps working in Dublin, looking to buy and work from home in Northern Ireland? Watch out for some detailed analysis on the residential property market from PropertyPal in the next week or so. But one of the key things, I think, looking to the month ahead has, is going to be on prices and inflation. They're likely to become a more an even hotter topic in the coming weeks. The surge in the oil price in recent months consent, continues to feed through into higher petrol and diesel prices. We're now looking at 1.25 and 1.29 per litre for petrol and diesel, which is up 10p per litre since the start of the year. We have had double-digit electricity price rises in March and double-digit increases in gas due in April. And all of these price rises and rising commodity prices are just adding to increased costs which have been stemming from the trade disruption, which has been a key theme during 2021, not least with uh, Brexit and the new arrangements with the Northern Ireland Protocol. Grace periods have been extended, 
But we have seen new barriers in terms of trade over the last week. We have saw a Suez crisis for the first time in 65 years with the ever-given uh, mega container ship getting stuck on uh, the, the Suez Canal. And in global trade terms, that's equivalent of a van breaking down on, on the West Link as far as Belfast commuters are concerned at rush hour. And that just underscores how unexpected events can occur when we least expect them. I am Richard Ramsey. This has been the Ulster Economics Podcast, Episode 6, The Wonder Years, March 2021. You can stay up to date by following us on ulstereconomics.com and social media. Join me again next month.